the Lord began to deal with my heart about what he wanted to say today. I am in a series on discernment called the radar. And I had, uh, and I still have, and I'm going to preach it. I had a really, I felt like it was a helpful sermon for discerning the voice of the Lord and knowing how to make decisions. And I suppose that we will just do that next Sunday. The Lord began to deal with my heart today out of Genesis chapter 8. So I'm going to have to put the radar on hold for today. And I'm going to have to just release this word. I don't like being bound to a calendar. I don't have a... I don't have a... I don't want to live in the bondage of feeling like I have to preach a message on Pentecost Sunday because I don't preach it on any other day of the year. Some people preach on Pentecost Sunday and it's the only Sunday of the year where they talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pentecost is not a day. <laughs> now we celebrate and remember and commemorate this feast and this day and we should but Pentecost is a person <laughs> and the Holy Spirit came to magnify this person Jesus and I mentioned this several weeks ago in a Saul service which is one reason why I struggled and really wrestled in prayer. But I got a—I was literally on my face in my office this morning asking God for clarity. I knew what I was feeling, but I don't like making a change without knowing it's God calling for it. Amen. Amen. And I had a friend text me out of nowhere. And he said, I feel like I'm supposed to tell you. That Pentecost sometimes changes what's on the calendar. And that if there's any day, he said, when you should be flexible and free to follow what God is saying, it's this morning. So I stopped asking God if I should do this. And I'm not offering an apology. I'm just telling you where I'm living. So I want to talk about the dove today. And I want to talk about the wind. Now we have already had a deaf person healed in this service. Where, where did our sweet lady go that was healed of deafness? Can you still hear? Can you still hear? good praise God praise God praise God praise God my point is 
if God can heal her of deafness, he can heal you of whatever you've got in your body. And the swirling of God is happening in this place today. And I believe he's swirling while we're preaching. Genesis chapter 8, verse number 1. And God remembered Noah. Oh, that's good all by itself. Can you say that with me? Then God remembered Noah. Your name is probably not Noah. Your name may be Bobby. My name is Kevin. Then God remembered Kevin. Why don't you say that with me? Whatever your name is, just insert it right there. Ready? Then God remembered Kevin. He remembered Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark and God made a wind, Ruach, to pass over the earth and the waters subsided. Next verse. The fountains of the deep and the windows of heaven were also stopped and the rain from heaven was restrained. And the waters receded continually from the earth. At the end of the 150 days, the waters decreased. Keep going. Then the ark rested in the seventh month, the 17th day of the month, on the mountains of Ararat. And the waters decreased continually until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. And so it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. Then he sent out a raven which kept going to and fro until the waters had dried up on the earth. He also sent out from himself a dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground. But the dove found no resting place. The dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot. And she returned into the ark to him. For the waters were on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and drew her into the ark to himself. And he waited another seven days. And again he sent the dove out from the ark and the dove came to him in the evening. In, everyone say in the evening. And behold a freshly plucked olive leaf was in her mouth. And no one knew that the waters had receded from the earth. 
So he waited yet another seven days and sent out the dove, which did not return to him anymore. Lord, may the dove find resting place in this house today. I pray, Lord God, for these next few moments, you'll speak to us and draw us into a place in your presence we have never been before. We pray for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Come on, pray with that right now, please. Put your Bibles down, lift your hands up, and ask for God to pour out his Spirit in this place right now. In this place right now. Father, pour out the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Pour out the Holy Spirit on nations of the earth today. Send revival and awakening. The third person of the Trinity, the dove of heaven, the Spirit of God, may he be poured out on us today. Lift your hands as high as you can. Open your heart. Say, fill me, Lord, with the Holy Spirit. Fill me, Lord, with the Holy Spirit today. I'm talking to people who've already been filled. Ask him to fill you afresh and anew today. Fill me with the Holy Ghost today, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Genesis 8. Genesis 8. We are in the book of beginnings. The book of Genesis. The Genesis of creation. The beginning of all things. You know the story. God created the heavens and the earth and God stepped back from what he created and the Bible said it was good. Yet in the sixth chapter of Genesis, the Bible said that men had turned their hearts continually evil. Amen. This contamination of sin had increased. The strain of sin's virus had grown worse. God looked throughout the whole earth trying to find righteous. The righteous, where are the righteous? Yet the Bible says that the thoughts of men's hearts were continually evil. I want you to think of that, that God looked throughout the entire earth and the hearts of men were continually full of evil. One of the scriptures says that there was this violence in the hearts of men. And yet the Bible says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God gave Noah a blueprint to build something that had never been built before because something was coming that had never come. Today, I was thankful when Tobin began to make the decree, behold, he comes. Because any church not preaching on the coming of the Lord is not a gospel church. Jesus is not just sitting up in heaven forever. There is a promise he will return. Are you hearing me today? There is a promise Jesus will return. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, 
And the dead in Christ shall rise, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. First Thessalonians. There is a promise of the Lord's coming. Noah is living in a day that was unprecedented with evil and with wickedness. And the Bible tells us that God gave him an instruction to build something because there was coming something on the earth that had never come. A flood was getting ready to come because God, the Bible said, his heart was broken. He repented. It doesn't mean God made a mistake. It meant his heart being broken, his mind being changed about the good creation he had made, determined in his sovereignty, I must cleanse the earth. Amen. I'm going to start all over. So the Bible says that the fountains of the deep opened up and the heavens opened up and water came from the fountains of the deep and from heaven. For 40 days and nights it rained on the earth violently. Noah and his family, eight people, everyone say eight. Everyone say eight. That's why we call eight the number of new beginnings because God is getting ready to start all over again with one family of eight, a preacher of righteousness by faith, Noah built an ark to the saving of his house. Builds an ark. The rains come, the waters rise, and the boat begins to float. Because when you build something God's way, God always causes it to work as he intended for it to function. Submerged beneath those judgment waters were men and women and people whose hearts had been full of sin and unrighteousness. The entire earth covered in water and the only thing to be seen was the boat that Noah and his family were floating in. Everywhere you looked, there was water. And yet, the Bible says that God remembered Noah. Yes, amen. Death and destruction and judgment were all over the earth, but God remembered Noah. I read that and wept this morning because I want to tell you I am thankful. For the times, not just once or twice, but the many times in my life where I invited judgment in and I invited pain into my life and I invited my own mess and I created my own situation and after the waters rose in my own heart, I need to praise God this morning for the time he remembered me and he did not forget me. Oh, I don't know who else wants to praise him with me, but I want to thank God for the many, many times you can sit out there and you can look like you've never made a mistake but I want to praise him for the many times he could have forgot about me but he remembered me and he knew right where I was anybody thankful for the time God remembered you he remembered Noah the Bible says 
after the rain stopped and the waters began to recede, Noah took the door that God had given him and opened it. Now I find this interesting that God shut the door. I said God shut the door. But Noah opened the door. He opened the door and released a raven because there comes a point, hear me, there comes a point in every one of our lives after seasons where we've blown it royally. I'm talking to Christians. I'm not talking to sinners. Sinners sin. That's what sinners do. But Christians who are supposed to live in righteousness, Christians who are supposed to walk with God, Christians who are supposed to live holy lives, how many would agree with me? Sometimes Christians make horrible mistakes. Sometimes Christians fall into deep depravity. Sometimes Christians get locked up in a vice and stuck in a rut and they don't know how to get out. And oh, I want to praise God that God is merciful and he remembered Noah. And just like God shut that door, there was coming a season in Noah's life where God was getting ready to open that door. I don't know who I'm talking to, but God is getting ready to open a door that has been shut because the waters are getting ready to recede in your life. How does God push the waters of judgment back? He released the wind. Well, Brother Wallace, I don't know if we need this Holy Spirit. If you've ever made some mistakes, you need him. If you've ever felt surrounded by the waters of judgment of your own making, I'm talking about a mess of your own making. I'm not talking about the one that you bind and rebuke the devil over. I'm talking about the mess we make with our own lives. If you've ever made a mess with your own life, if you've ever felt like you've wasted a season, if you've ever felt like you've lost some yesterdays, if you've ever blinked and felt like time passed and you had lost some real, real valuable time and you wonder, how could God ever use me again? I feel him in here right now. I want to tell you that's why you need the wind. It is the wind that will expedite and accelerate the driving back of the waters of judgment in your life. You don't need less wind. We don't need less Holy Spirit. We need more Holy Spirit. I've heard people say in a religious context, well, it's religion. They say things like this. Well, it's never as sweet the second time. If you ever really fall into something bad, it's never as sweet as it once was. I heard a woman tell me that one time. She scared me to death for years in my life. She said, whenever you fall, if you ever fall, if you ever fall, I fell today. Don't look at me so holy, you did too. She said, if you ever fall, it's never the same. Once you get back up, it's never as sweet as it was the first time. I want to tell you right now, the Lord reminded me that when his wind blows on your life, when you didn't deserve it. See, the first time he touched you, you might have thought you deserved it. You were holy enough and clean enough and good enough, and really you're not even sure if mercy had anything to do with your rescue. I want to tell you right now, it's a good mess every now and then in your past that reminded you of how good God was. 
when he reached down and picked you up I'm not saying you had to make one I'm just telling you after it's all over God shows up to tell you you're not as deep in this thing as you thought you were when you call on the name of the Lord he will remember you turn my mic up he remembered Noah and the wind of God blew on the waters of judgment Push back the waters. The wind. The force of God. That wind blew in Ezekiel 37. Amen. On a valley that was full of dead dry bones. In fact, God asked the prophet a question, can these bones live? He did not ask the question because Ezekiel was privy to information that God was without. He asked the prophet the question, can these bones live? To examine the posture of the prophet's heart. Do you believe I can do this? What do you see here, Ezekiel? Do you see dry bones? Or do you see an army? There are people in the church who have become enamored with a dry bone mentality. We look at the plight and the problems. We look at the chaos and the racism. We look at the pain and all the dilemmas and the problems in the nation of the, in the nations of the earth. It is not just America. You don't have to fly to some third world country and you can do, listen, it's not just what's happening in the streets of San Francisco or the streets of Charlotte or the streets of America or God forbid in the streets of Santa Fe, Texas where 10 people were murdered this past week. I'm telling you the nations of the earth are rolling to and fro they are crying out the the earth is groaning for a manifestation of the sons and daughters of God you do not have to go far or you could go to the ends of the earth it doesn't matter where you go you will see the plight and the pain and the and the horror of what it looks like when men turn from God but I want to tell you, it's not just a bunch of dry bones. It's an army in waiting. And the only thing this earth is waiting on is the wind of the Spirit to call together that which has been destroyed and disconnected. I hear a sound in the valley, and it is the rumbling of bones coming together. What do you see, Ezekiel? Can these bones live? Because if they live, what was a pile of dry bones becomes an army. It's the wind of God. And the Bible tells us in Genesis 8 that the wind began to blow and push back the waters of judgment. Watch. Noah sends out a raven. A raven is a dirty bird. It's a burn of the unclean. It feasts on those things which are dead. And how many know after 40 nights of rain and water, there was a lot of death on the earth? No wonder the raven wouldn't come back to Noah. It had plenty to eat on. 
So he grabs a clean animal. He takes a dove, innocent in nature, refuses to sit and light upon that which is dead. The dove goes from the ark and he's looking on the earth for a place to rest his feet. I have a book that B.L. Kelly gave me some time ago called The Emblems of the Spirit. And in this book, the writer goes throughout the entire word of God finding the different emblems of the Spirit. The Spirit is like oil. Are you following me? The Spirit is like wind. Yes, the Spirit is refreshing like water. One of the earmarks of the Spirit is the Spirit can be likened to a dove, gentle in nature, pure in appearance, lighting upon that which is clean and sanctified and set apart unto God. When Noah sent out the dove, it was a picture of God releasing the dove over a, an entire earth that had been ridded with judgment. And the Bible said that the dove was looking for a place to rest his feet. That's where we are today. We are in the place still today, Pastor Quantel, where the Father has sent the dove of heaven over the earth, brooding over the chaos, hovering over the darkness, hovering over the sin of nations and the malady of generations, the pain of sons and daughters, the frustration of mothers and fathers, and the dove has been released from heaven looking for a place to rest his feet. He comes to churches on Sunday just like this, wondering in their one-hour worship program if there is any way. I'm getting ready to loose my tie because I feel a little bit of anointing right here looking for a place to rest his feet. And we say things like, oh, we don't know if we want the dove. We've got to hurry. We don't want people to get nervous. I want to tell you the day the dove did not come to take orders. The dove did not come today to see about what our preferences are. The dove came today to find a soul that is hungry for the presence of God and the spirit wants to rest upon your heart today he's not resting on a pew he's not sitting in a building he's dwelling in a place not made by hands the dove is looking for a place to rest we have taught a powerless Christianity Christianity has been nothing more than soothing the conscience, putting a band-aid on our religious problem, hoping one day we can find out how to cope with sin, and praying and begging God, he just lets us get to heaven. And for the rest of the world, they're living in deception, watching a church that has no presence, no power. The dove cannot be found. We're preaching without the dove, singing without the dove, praying without the dove, and the dove... The dove is saying, I'm just looking for a place to rest my feet. And the dove could find no place to rest his feet. So he comes back to the ark without anything in his mouth. And he flies into Noah. Look what the Bible says. Noah took the dove in for himself. Well, Brother Wallace, I want the dove as long as he brings me something with him. 
Read the text. The dove had nothing but the dove. And there are some churches that want the dove as long as you bring them a new car. Some churches want the dove as long as it brings them a new house. Some people want the dove as long as it makes all their dreams come true. Some want, some want the dove as long as they can live the American dream. But I'm going to tell you, God is in the business of purifying the priorities of the church by asking you the question, do you just want the dove? Do you want the dove or do you want everything he brings with him? Do you want the dove or do you have to have all your dreams come true before you pray? Where are the people who want their soul to be a resting place for the dove even when there's nothing else in the mouth of the dove all we want is the dove God give us a prayer life where all we want is the dove again God give us a worship life where all we want is the dove again it's not about what you give me it's not about what you do for me I just want the dove Noah took the dove in when the dove was all by himself It's kind of like King Solomon and the Shunammite woman. She loved him before she found out he had the whole kingdom. She came to him and he was, his kingship was veiled from her eyes. She had only fallen in love with Solomon for who Solomon was. And we're raising, if we're not careful, a generation in the church who don't want him for who he is. They only want him for what he brings and what he does. You don't have to say amen. You know I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you right now, family, if we're going to have a move of God that shakes the hell out of our sons and daughters, you think what happened in Santa Fe is the last thing? I'm telling you it's not. I read an article this past week that broke my heart. I told my son Isaiah last night at dinner. What shakes me about the boy that killed 10 people in Texas this week is he was a member of a church group. He was on the drama team. You say, Pastor, what does this have to do with anything? Nothing except to remind you that our religion alone isn't going to get the job done. We need the dove of the Holy Spirit. Noah opened the door and took the dove in. The dove was empty-handed. All he was was the dove. That's all I want. He takes the dove in. He waits seven days and releases the dove another time. And the dove goes out. And this time, when the dove returns, he comes back to Noah. With an olive branch in his mouth. And now I got confused. Because how did an olive branch grow in seven days? An olive branch? Where did, where did we get an olive branch after a 150 day flood? You say, Pastor, it was 40 days. No, that's how long the rain lasted. The water stayed on the earth for 150 days. How in the world do you grow an olive tree in seven days? Amen. You don't. 
But when you study the olive tree, you discover something. It is one of the very few trees in the plant kingdom that can survive underwater. I ran around my office 22 times this morning when I found out that an olive tree doesn't die just because it gets submerged underwater. You say, why in the world did that bless you? Because when judgment tried to come on me and when judgment tried to take over, there was something still growing down on the inside that didn't quit growing when I screwed up. I want to praise God that when I called on his name and turned to him, what had been submerged and hidden in my sin was still growing and it never died and we need to praise God today for the olive. The olive oil represents the anointing and I want to declare to you the enemy tried to, tried to take it out of your life but God held you and God kept you for this oil. Somebody praise the Lord with me today for the olive. Yes, the enemy tried to swap it out. The enemy tried to hide it in your life. But I came to tell you, he who has begun a good work in you will be faithful to finish what he started. This is where it gets even crazier. The Bible says the dove came back at evening. That doesn't mean much unless you understand Jewish time. And Noam, I know you know Jewish time. New days don't begin with the morning. No, read your Bible. We always say new days begin in the morning. They're getting really excited because they understand Jewish time. Hallelujah. New days begin when the sun goes down. You say, how do you know that, Pastor? Because Genesis chapter 1 says the evening and the morning were the first. It wasn't the morning and the evening were the first day. The evening and the morning were the. Which means days begin in evening time. When Oh, I'm getting ready to bless myself right here. When that dove came back at evening, what he was announcing to Noah is that it's a new day. It's a new season. You thought you were going to float around in this mess for the rest of your life. But I've come to tell you, Noah, the dove is shifting your season. Oh, God, I need somebody to praise the Lord in here. I need somebody to go to praising God in here. Slap three people in your zip code. Tell them it's a new season. It's a new season. Some of you need it. Some of you need a new season more than you need a new dress. Some of you need a new season more than you need a new makeup color. Some of you need a new season more than you need a new suit. You can change everything on the outside, but if you're still bound on the inside, you'll keep living a miserable life. I just came to tell you I see an olive branch. I see the sun going down, and that don't mean it's over. It means it's a new season. comes back oh this is going to be a miracle the dove comes back the first time he has nothing but Noah takes him in when he has nothing Misty the dove comes back the second time 
with an olive branch declaring a new season. When you take God in and he's offering you nothing and you want him when he's not giving you what you wanted and you pray and love him when you just get him, I come to tell you the next time he visits you, he will not be empty mouthed and he will not be empty handed. If you've ever praised him when you had nothing, if you've ever loved him when he brought you nothing, if you ever served him when he didn't answer your prayers, and you've ever just tenderly worshiped him, even when he didn't give you what you want, I came to tell you when he comes when he comes to you the next time, he will come with blessings. Goodness and mercy will follow you all the days. He brings him an olive branch. I'm, I'm about through. The dove brings him an olive branch. And he releases the dove again. And the Bible says the dove did not return. Where did the dove go? So I started flipping through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st, 2nd, Samuel, Kings, Samuel. I flipped through the, the prophets, looked over there in Isaiah, and searched through Jeremiah, and flipped over through Zephaniah, Obadiah, Mount Nahum. I even looked over in Malachi, and I couldn't find the dove. Because if you look in all those books, we find great men of God, but nobody worthy to dawn the dove. Nobody worthy for the dove to rest upon. I kept flipping. I kept flipping over there in the prophets looking for the dove. But I couldn't find anybody who was worthy for the dove or a fundable shake. He that of my son I'm preaching right now in the Holy Ghost. I thank you for it, God. Oh, but when I flipped over to John chapter 1, verse 32. I read a scripture that said a Nazarene came up out of the river Jordan and when Jesus pierced through the water heaven opened up and the dove descended rested upon him and the Bible said he never departed oh my God I want to praise God for the dove I need some worshipers to praise God for the dove Oh my God, I got to go. But I want to tell you before I quit preaching that the dove that came on Jesus in John 1.32, he did something else in Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place in one accord. And suddenly, the same wind that blew on the judgment waters in Noah's day. The same wind blew in an upper room and the dove that fell on Jesus got into his people. I worship you, God. I worship you, God. This dove of heaven came on the body of Jesus, his physical body, 
But there's something in the world of theology we call the mystical body. See, when Jesus died, come on, stand with me, I'm through preaching. When Jesus died, he went to heaven. The Bible said that when he entered heaven, the spirit came to earth. Have you ever watched WWE? It is my favorite pastime with my dad. I'll never forget growing up one night, mom had had a sickness. The preacher came to check on her. We were watching wrestling. I said, change the channel, dad. The preacher's here. He said, sit down, boy. I'll pay the bills. He can watch it with us. Why are we talking about wrestling? Because sometimes in a wrestling match, in a tag team match, you see somebody and it looks like mm, the enemy's gonna overtake them. But they go tag their partner and their partner gets in the ring with a lot of power and a lot of strength. When Jesus went to heaven, he had freshly conquered death, hell, and the grave. But he knew if the mystical body was going to have power, we had to have more than one Jesus on the earth. We had to have more than his physical body in one place. So Jesus went back to heaven and he said to his disciples, hey, I'm getting ready to go back home. But I want you to know it's expedient for you that I go. Because if I don't go, the comforter cannot come. But if I go back home. I will send the helper. His name is Holy Spirit. You had me when you had my body. But when you get the Holy Spirit, you'll have me 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. Y'all must think I'm gonna fall. <laughs> they got in that upper room. Ooh. And they're all praying. 120 of them. And suddenly, suddenly, it was a gentle wind in Genesis 8. But it was a violent wind. In Acts 2. Why was it violent? Because it was as if God. Had been holding his breath. Waiting on the body of Christ. The bride to come to life. It was violent because he shook her. Out of a religious context. He shook her out of a religious paradigm and he breathed such violent living life in her that she turned the whole world upside down. I want to tell you the church needs the breath of God. And cloven tongues. I feel a fire on my head right now. 
I feel a burning flame of you say preacher I don't see fire it's not natural fire it is spiritual fire that burns in the heart of his people him just to set you on fire, throw up both your hands where you stand. It's, it's Pentecost Sunday. It's Pentecost Sunday. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive ye the Holy Spirit. This is not a feeling. This is power. This is not just emotion. an emotion. This is the power of God. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. I know what time it is, but we got to pray for people. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you to run to the altar right now. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. This gift of heaven is something greater than the buffet you were trying to slip out and run to. If you need the baptism of the Spirit, I want you to come to the altar right now. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. I need people all over this house praying in the Holy Ghost right now. This, oh, come on. Just wait a minute. Just wait. Don't pray. Don't pray. I, I, I'm not trying to be mean, but just hold on. I want everybody worshiping Jesus right now. Everybody worshiping Jesus all over this house. Worshiping Jesus. There are more than these two sisters. Come. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're not just on your way to heaven, but God is going to fill you with power while you're on your way. Come. Come and stand with your hands lifted. There are scores of men and women in this house that need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. This gift is for you, your children, and your children's children, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Come on to the altar. Come on to the altar. Come on to the altar right now. Come to the altar right now if you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody lift your hands and pray in the Spirit right now. Come on. The Lord is picking up our pace today. The Lord is picking up our pace today. Don't leave the altar yet. If you need the baptism of the Spirit, come stand. Jesus, Jesus. Ah, apostolic authority and power. Apostolic power and authority. In my name you shall cast out devils. You shall speak with new tongues. If you, if you drink any deadly thing, it will not harm you. Come on, there's power in Jesus. Lift your hands and lift your voice, church. Lift your, lift your hands, lift your voice, church. Lift your... In the name of Jesus. Come on, the altars are starting to fill up. People are getting hungry. Come to the altar with your hands up. Come to the altar if you want the Holy Spirit. He will fill you with his spirit if you ask him. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, come to this altar. I'm waiting for just another few moments. People are trying to decide what is going on here. Listen, the power to preach, the power to worship. Some of you like the preaching and the worship, but you don't understand it happens because of his power. You need him. You need the dove to rest on you today. Hallelujah. Come Come fill across the middle. Fill them across the middle. Chris, go get them and bring them across the middle, please. 
Listen, listen, I need you to leave spectator right now. And I need everyone in this house to go into praying in the Holy Ghost right now. We've already crossed over into second service and it's we're going to have to open the curtains. I know what's going to happen today. I need you to open the curtains and make room for more people who are getting ready to come in. I want you to come across this front right now. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. At least part of the way, something I, we're just going to have to create a few more seats. Don't do it the whole way, just part of the way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. We're, too, we're spectating. God wants to fill people who are praying in their seat with more of the Holy Ghost. Come on, Baba Koshete. Oh God, we worship you. Oh God, we worship you. Oh God, we worship you. Lay hands on your belly and receive a fresh anointing. Lay hands on your own belly. Lay hands on your stomach and receive a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Jesus. Fill her with the Holy Ghost. That's receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Spirit. Say, Father, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive you the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. name of Jesus receive yes sir that's the Holy Spirit come on come on somebody let him take you higher come on lift your voice and worship Holy Ghost fill him father with the Holy Spirit Fill him, Father, with the Holy Spirit. Fill him, Father, with the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Fill him, Father. Fill her, Father, with the Holy Ghost. Lay your hand on her belly, Mark, to receive. Jesus. Receive. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Mike, praise him, sir. The Holy Ghost is filling you now with power. Fire, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Fire, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Fire, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Fire. Fire, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Fire, 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 Holy Ghost,
Because only God could capture the dichotomy of violent wind and gentle dove. Gail, lay your hand on her stomach gently. The dove is descending on you, sweetheart. That's him. With stammering lips and an unknown tongue will I visit my people. Receive you the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Sons and daughters shall prophesy. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Receive the Holy Spirit. great joy is coming to your life today. It's unexplainable, unspeakable joy. Receive the Holy Ghost. See, we need to fix this. The Holy Spirit doesn't bring condemnation and fear. You do not need to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. He is your best friend. Well, I was always taught to be very Careful because he can get grieved and quenched very easy. Listen, he's not that sensitive. You can grieve and quench the Holy Spirit, and we should never do that. But the Holy Spirit is your best friend. Lift your hands if you want more of him. Oh, receive the Holy. I'm with you. Out of your belly will flow living water. Out of your belly will flow living water. Out of your belly. Oh, living, 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 living. Lay your hands on your neighbor's shoulder right now all over this house. Please. I know we have a parking nightmare right now. You can go in just a few moments, but I want us to pray for each other before we leave that God would feel our brothers and sisters with the Holy Spirit. Come on, pray. Father, fill them with the Holy Ghost. Father, fill them with the Holy Ghost. Jesus. Receive me the Holy Ghost. Close your eyes, open your mouth, and pray for God to fill them with the Holy Spirit right now. The dove is looking for a place to rest. Rest on them, God. Rest on them today, Lord. Rest on families today, God.
Come here, Dave. Come here. Put your hands. Father, fill him with the Holy Spirit today. Receive you the Holy Ghost. Just begin to open your mouth and praise God right now. Just praise him. Just praise him. You'll never be filled with the Holy Spirit with your mouth closed. I'm not just talking to my buddy here. I'm talking about to anybody. You'll never be baptized in the Holy Spirit with your mouth closed. If you need him, open your mouth and just da-da-da-da-ko-shata. It's happening to your wife while it's happening to you, sir. Receive you the Holy Ghost. Jesus. 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 Jesus, 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 come on, lift your heads and worship one more time. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Sweet Holy Spirit, I'm not going to end anything. I love you. We have group people coming in and others who need a parking place. So I'm going to allow you to go get your kids. And, oh, Jesus. We worship. Just keep playing that, please, LeBron. And those of you who can stay and sing it on the team, please just sing it. We reverence your Holy Ghost. We reverence you. We reverence your Holy Ghost.